This is the Out of the Red Podcast, hosted by Natalie O'Brien and myself, Susanna Murray. The Out of the Red Podcast is aimed at business owners and professionals alike interested in improving their reach and efficiency, typically through the use of technology. Now, while Natalie and I both own businesses in the technology sector, this isn't your typical startup-oriented podcast. In fact, many times our opinions come from the background of people running a business in the Caribbean, but it's quite a different experience. We hope you find this podcast insightful, and please do enjoy. Now, in this first episode of Out of the Red, we talk about an article that was making its rounds at the time, titled, Why Caribbean Parents Aren't Raising the Next Mark Zuckerberg. This is an article in the Jamaican Observer, and basically it called out the way that, I guess, Caribbean parents had a tendency to raise their children in a way that does not really encourage that innovativeness and creativity. Um, so check it out, and, and before I forget, actually, you're going to be hearing from our special guest for this podcast and some podcasts to come. Let me apologize. But I do think our special guest gives the podcast a real Caribbean feel. A friend, a mutual friend of us both shared a link recently from the Jamaica Observer. The title of the article is Why Caribbean Parents Aren't Raising the Next Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Personally, I think Caribbean parents, we should be happy Caribbean parents are not raising the next Mark Zuckerberg, but that's another story. But the article itself um, seeks to talk about what I would say is the um, mentality or culture. Um, Natalie, you just mentioned mindset or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the mindset of people thinking. Old school versus new school versus middle school. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I would say the, the way that entrepreneurial um, endeavors or, or the potential for entrepreneurial um, an entrepreneurial culture is um, treated or seen based on, on how the Caribbean is. The Caribbean is still very um, archaic in some cl- places, and in some places it's just plain out restrictive. So basically we're going to have a general conversation around that. Um, but if you want, I could probably read some of the... Um, it's not a very long article. I could probably read yeah, a piece yeah. of it. Well, yeah, and just highlight these. Okay. So this is an article written by um, Narissa Golden for the Jamaica Observer. It's 2017 and I swear babies come out of the womb knowing how to handle a smartphone and hack your encrypted iPad. Can't figure out how to use filters on Instagram or add a dodgy face to Snapchat? Ask a five-year-old. Are we preparing our children to not only manipulate someone else's creation but develop their own? Here are a few reasons why Caribbean parents are not raising the next Mark Zuckerberg. Number one, not answering their whys. It was rude to ask why after being given an instruction from an adult and in some places it is still a no-no. Children are naturally inquisitive and we need to answer their questions and use today's technologies to help them explore alternative points of view even more. Number two, not encouraging their participation online. The internet is not something to be feared and we are creating foyers when we do not allow them to start their own conversation around what matters to them. Vloggers are popular but how about helping your child set up their own vlog 
around things that interest them. Number three, consuming and never creating. Social media is free to use but can be leveraged to create income. How about tying their access to social media to them, creating content to share with others? I have a thing about playing, paying for a device that is three times my rent and it's not making me any money. Number four, pushing reading material that is older than their grandparents. How many schools have reading lists which includes authors from the village and books written after 2000? Children need to see themselves a version of life that fit who they are becoming. Insist that schools upgrade the reading materials and purchase books for them to encourage a habit. Number five, thinking being number one in academics is good enough. There are millions of professional students with double masters, degrees, and PhDs who are looking for jobs today. We still celebrate kids who come out on top and discard others that don't test well. Understanding your children's abilities and providing the tools for them to excel in their way is vital to building children who will take on big challenges. Number six, discouraging entrepreneurship and encouraging professions such as doctors, lawyers, civil servants, and such. I guess that's self-explanatory. Right, and just to summarize the other ones, um, not investing in the creative arts. Number eight, they do what they see us do. Parents are consumers own, only. Number nine, the blame game. They see us complain about what everyone else is doing. It's not doing right on solving problems. And number ten, waiting on permissions. If they believe that they need permission from some great outside force to offer a solution, then we are feeling them. So, one of these things here that many of us in the community for a long time, even before the popularity of iPhones and Facebook have talked about is the whole consuming and never creating thing. If you've been somebody who, um, I don't know what your experiences might be like with that naturally, but if you've been somebody who is not into mainstream technology, but into technology for what you could do, 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 it can do for you, and then you have that conversation with somebody who is like, you know, real heavy consumer tech base, as at the point in time, a lot of some of my friends were, you know, they would go crazy over, oh, look at this iPhone, it's, it's so pretty. Yeah, and you are like, okay, it's, it's so pretty and whatnot, but there's a lot of practical issues there. There's so mm. many things they can't do with it. You know, it, it at a point in time, at least for me, it, it really felt like, wow, this, <laughs> we have clearly lost the, the, the battle in terms of trying to get people to embrace technology as tool rather than you know, the latest gadgets yeah. and who has the latest iPhone or the latest Samsung S and yet some people have some Android phones and they don't know all the features the phone has but they well, upgrade yeah. <laughs> yeah and 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 they then upgrade and then you'll be like hey look my phone could actually do this I didn't know the phone could do that right and honestly um in my opinion of course but when i look at what where mobile technology is there's a lot of hype around it but there's so much wastage so much time wasted in these devices and why i say that is because there's a lot more that these devices could do mm-hmm. But, you know, manufacturers are going to put in certain, at least hardware features, unless other manufacturers do it first because nobody wants to be the first company to spend that money. Yeah. And it doesn't take off. So a lot of, you know, like 
things like near field communications, for example. If um, that's the, the sensor that allows basically, you know, you touch hmm. two NFC um, contacts, touch and they could exchange short, small amounts of information. Hmm. They use it in like the library for the books and that kind of thing. I think they had them on some, one of the either Android or iPhones where you know, one person snaps a picture. And then you just touch the phones. To exchange and, business and ex- cards. Yeah, and, and do exchange information. But the thing is, everybody has to have the same device. Exactly. <laughs> but everybody has to have NFC in the first yeah. place. You know, not, it's, I think the technology only came about in the 1990s. But everybody needs to have it to use it. Yeah. But the thing is, if you look at Samsung's line of phones, for example, it's only their more expensive brands have those um, NFC yeah. um, communication um, devices. I have a tablet that has it, um, but my phone doesn't have it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, okay, if this was, if every phone then, every Android phone, yeah. regardless of the price point, had that, yeah. then you could find more applications for this. Yeah. You know, we, we do have applications for it now in terms of stock and inventory, yeah. but if every phone had an NFC sensor, then we may, need, we may not need to buy a whole bunch of expensive equipment mm-hmm. to um, do just that. We yeah. tags, we could just use any Utilize phone. Utilize the phone as a way know, to. Different applications could be built around it because mm-hmm. you could trust phones to have it. And you know, yeah. that, but that's not there because those are not the kind of things that the typical mainstream user wants to see. The yeah. typical consumer wants to see, you know, well, high quality pictures. Yeah. They, their phone now becomes a camera. More, yeah. less than a phone. A phone was meant to make a call, but now <laughs> a phone is meant to take the best pictures. Yeah. Um, to send messages, to send videos, and hardly make a phone call. Well, right. <laughs> so you know, no, even on that point, because I have had problems with phone, and yes, I buy a lot of cheap phones because yeah. of the nature of who I am. Yeah. I would buy the cheapest phone out there, mm. but. I will tell you that in, in terms of the phone call thing, I really appreciated BlackBerry mm-hmm. because their or their song call quality was mm-hmm. actually really good. Mm-hmm. You know, the microphone quality yeah. was actually really good on those phones as compared to other phones, which put more emphasis again on taking pictures and being able to yeah. share and having Facebook pre-installed and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, so-called innovation, as I say, is going to be driven by consumer habits and yeah. consumer taste. And if we are a market that, you know, at some point, even businesses are consumers, mm. but if all the consumption is basically vain, yeah, then that's the only kind of product we're going to see in the Caribbean because, yeah. you know, there's no appetite for productivity then. Consumers mm-hmm. aren't looking for productivity, they're looking for vanity. Yeah. So that's what we're going to see in technology, right? Well, yeah. So we were. That is the consumer, never creative. And yeah. you said that there is no love for the creative. For local. For local, local production as well. Right. On the other side of that, yeah. Yeah, and I was saying, not really no love, but we don't know they are out there. Well, there are some that are out there, but again, they are not visible. You have and. To find it, you have to do a lot of research, and if the people are not visible, you're not going to know about them. For example, there is an um, an app called Paybook app. It's an online payment system. Oh, this payroll. is free advertising. Yeah, but payroll, 
and somebody found it and was like, hey, look at this app, it is cool, everybody should try. And to me, this has been out so long. Yeah, it was, that, sh- it was shared in um, the Caribbean Tech Forum. I yeah, Caribbean yeah but it, it was shared among tech people. But yeah, okay. the, the, the regular people who, like entrepreneurs who now are going, they don't know about these things because the people who develop the apps and the, the technology, they market towards people in technology rather than trying to go to the, the users. Well, and then, as you know, we locals, once it makes local, we have a little problem with local, you know. Well, that's, how, what, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I, I, how, how much you know you can trust local, you know, but... But, I, you know, because that's what I'm saying, because I agree with you to some extent in terms of how some people market, because some people really do still market, you know, heavy tech-based, like, you know, people just be like, oh, wow, tech. But at the same time, after having attempted to market certain services, but a certain service, I used to, well, let's call it a startup, mm-hmm. to local, at least local business people, it really can be tiring because, you know, Again, no love for local because I remember speaking to a local, you know, business person about a particular product, and one of the first responses I got from her was, you know, she has a relative working abroad mm-hmm. for a company that produces an international mm-hmm. version of the product. Yeah. So you know, instantly, you know, you kind of it, it can be tiring because you come up against one no local mm-hmm. is good. Then you also come up against the, the um, mentality like foreign is always better. Yeah. You understand? So there's local is not good yeah. and there's foreign right. is always better. So as long as what you're doing has a foreign alternative, even if it's not feasible, mm-hmm. you know, people try to find any kind of way to get that foreign alternative before going local. And you are mm-hmm. usually like your last resort. So, you know, especially for somebody on a small budget and whatnot, yeah. to convince some of these people just to even take a look at what yeah. is your have. Yeah. It sometimes when you sit down and calculate it, it's just not financially feasible. And then like, local people tend to like to compare you to the the big brand. So say you come with this payroll thing, they'll say, so why can't I use QuickBooks or this? And QuickBooks have all these features and all these different yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they fail to realize those are large companies. Those are companies that have been in the business for so long. These are locals now trying to get into the market. This is where you need to help and support your locals to be able to grow and become better. And you know, but well, well, let me let me point out uh, uh, another two cents on that. Uh, play devil advocate a little bit because at the end of the day, the business owner's responsibility is to their business. So yeah. whatever is more feasible makes sense. Yeah. But so we're not asking um, local businesses to be take the stance that oh wait this local I must use it. No, I not must. You know, but at the same time, realistically, and especially if you want to continue operating in this country and want to have headaches and frustrations, because believe me, I mentioned QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. As nice as QuickBooks is at first, I've been hearing people you know have problems with it. Well, the QuickBooks on the whole is that you need to go learn your software. You cannot just, if you don't learn, you're not going to know all the benefits of what you are getting. Right. So you need to do your research, evaluate, and see if it is the right tool for your business. Right. <laughs> and, and as you said that, that actually kind of is one of the niches for local because QuickBooks is not going to send its CEO to train your you or your staff how to do that but mm-hmm. a local startup mm-hmm. or small business 
is quicker to, to give you that kind of attention, yeah. right? But um, where was I going with this? What I was going to say was that hmm, I think I lost my train of thought actually. <laughs> but I, I would summarize by saying that if you want to continue, right? This is where I was going. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue your business in any country mm-hmm. in any way, and you want your plan for the business to be an actual business and not just you know put money in yeah. your pocket then you also have to give consideration to economies of scale. And and what I mean by that is like those other businesses that will spring up basically to support your industry. So even though, you know, the local, um, whether it's payroll or mm-hmm. accounting or HR app or whatever, may look like rubbish in comparison to QuickBooks or whatnot, think about the medium to long term benefits that if more companies locally utilize a service and it's customized over and over to service the local market, think about the cost reductions now. Mm-hmm. Think of so many things you might be able to do. If it is you decided to purchase a, um, what you call these things, the um, business intelligence suite, mm-hmm. the, the enterprise yeah, yeah, resource yeah, yeah. management suites and you want it to, it doesn't do payroll, but you want to integrate some feature with that. Yeah. Is QuickBooks going to come and provide support for that for mm. you? Probably, but for an exorbitant fee, they'll develop yeah. it for you. And but, then, is, did you do your research before? Because they do, you're going into business, you're going to invest in a software. You need. Correct. Yeah, so going into a business and you're investing in software, you need to do your research. You need either, if you are not a professional and you just see things, everybody's trying to market a product or service to you. You need to have some expertise, even if it's a consultant, to sit with you, go through your business, analyze exactly what it is you need, because at the end of the day, you'll pay money, buy these expensive software, and yet it's not going to give you the exact outcome you're looking for. So, Okay, fair enough. Um, anything else here in this article? Um, I like the, the part where they said thinking being number one in academics is good enough because you, you know me, I like to occasionally rant on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. But um, SEA results came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, to this day, I never got my SEA results. Okay. But you did SEA? Okay, that means you're really young. Yeah, I was in the okay. first batch. Oh. As in the first batch early. Yeah, so my age could be calculated. <laughs> but um I don't know if it come an entrance there was a big fuss over who came first and what and that kind of thing. No, the incoming entrance oh you're making me sound a little lucky. Um no the incoming entrance is just the fact that you passed for school. And it had at that time you have the five year schools and the junior sex which were Yes, I, I do remember the right? yeah. So, but now I think everybody wants to have all the degrees, the paper. They're well, getting overqualified. Well, where I was going with, with that actually uh-huh. was the amount of. Oh, I know there's a commercial interest in it because there's the media houses who, yeah. you know, put all our coverage on the SEA and they do sell products mm-hmm. around SEA. Um, not calling them out or anything on that, but. There's a lot of um, attention on who comes, came first, and who did well on this kind of thing in in um, SEA. But really and truly, SEA is actually a dumb and dumb of common entrance, if you ask me, because 
I when I was in primary school there was social studies and all the other mm-hmm. common entrance stuff and then when we hit standard five they told us well no we have this new examination now mm-hmm. it's just maths and English oh okay right? uh, I don't know if it's still just maths and English but it was a dumb and dumb and you know this is actually in so kind of contrary to the mm-hmm. point they're making about being number one in academics but the point I'm making with that is that I don't think any I don't think any right thinking person would disagree that our education system needs to be needs a serious revamp. And many people older and younger continuously say or increasingly say we take away any kind of creative or, or, or ingenuity or any kind of spark in a child and force them to comply, you know, hands up, hands out, mm-hmm. fold their arms, fingers on their lips, sit down. Yeah. And we celebrate children who are doing well under this kind of system. Yeah, yeah. Being more like a little a robot. Yeah. Being just I listen, I got a two in math, right? Mm-hmm. I think. I don't remember. But I know I could have gotten no one or a distinction, mm-hmm. but there was I literally had gotten so good with math that I became lazy mm-hmm. during the exam and I just kind of threw away half an hour. I think I put my head down to sleep or something. I became too confident. Yeah, okay. So I, I, when I finished, I realized, oh, I didn't have enough time to finish everything. But I was doing so much math lessons mm-hmm. and so much past papers yeah. that I became good in math, the subject. Yeah. But really and truly, I was just becoming better and better yeah. at doing the exam. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just to pass an exam. Exactly. Actually doing the work is something different. If, if you ask me to apply any of those math principles, um, well, some of them now I yeah. can apply because of yeah. software development yeah. and that kind of thing. But if you ask me to apply some of those principles to problem solving, I actually probably could not have because I was only thinking in terms of, you know, the, ant- the, yeah. uh, the, the, the answer to the questions, questions they gave me. Yeah. But we celebrate children who excel in these kind of systems and yeah there are so many people who just can't seem to think for themselves like i won't call the name of the company but (laughs) i recently asked their staff Uh about you know information regarding um certain taxes Uh that were recently introduced and they couldn't it was like they couldn't even understand my question I, i was asking them okay is it that the authority that you all pay these taxes to them? Mm. Is it that they sent you all an official document stating these are the new ta- taxes? Because I'm hoping it's not just a case of whatever was put in the media is what you're over. Mm. And the young lady proceeded to explain to me the process of how they actually do the job, job that they do. And that is not the question. But that's yeah. not what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm asking you. Well, as you know, the English language is a hard thing to understand, eh? Right. <laughs> but they are so accustomed to just, you know, the same old, same old routine. Oh, yeah. That when perhaps somebody comes with something that's unusual, an unusual request, you actually see the, you see the struggle on the people's face when they have to deal with something that is that's not, not programmed yeah. in them that this is what I need to say, I need to do this now. Yeah, so, so, I, it's from what I think maybe it's from what he's studying. <laughs> <laughs> they get to, you get brainwashed, you know. And there are a lot of new things, creativity, and then you wonder why, why we locals are not as creative as the outside because which, which we are 
which we are very we are very creative it's just that they take us for granted well i would i would even go further and say that um based on our um systems i mean i don't know how mm. education is right now in terms of secondary school etc but i know that there's a tendency for more expressive and creative people to end up being labeled troublemakers yeah and that that's not even coming from me like some of my friends i grew up with like i went to a supposed and quotes prestige school right and mm-hmm. they went to senior comprehensive and i'll never forget one of my friends when we were young so i was like like 14 so they would have been like 16 years old yeah. or something like that and they were explaining to me the one of their friends that they saw when we were out hanging out somewhere that this was one of their friends from school who mm. got kicked out of school yeah for giving trouble misbehaving or, or not listening but lo and behold the guy you know worked somewhere save up some money yeah. purchase a kiosk or something yeah. and he was selling clothes that he yeah. was bringing yeah bringing down you know yeah. as well as doing like some of the the um i think print stuff or something like that yeah. so you know there are so many examples of that i've yeah. also heard of as well yeah yeah you know? you know yeah. it, it's not that the child his or herself is a troublemaker is that the system is literally failing Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then you need to have other avenues of not just the plain study, 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 study. Be more, have more outlets for children to be mm-hmm. able to flourish more. Yeah. And on that, we had discouraging entrepreneurship. Well, and that's kind of like what we yeah. talk about there. So, yeah, but again discouraging yes but now i'm seeing people who are in the professions of the doctors and lawyers are now coming to be entrepreneurs on the side and doing things that they are passionate about that they love and nobody sees it as anything different but if it's somebody who's not a doctor and a lawyer and is passionate about something they might have a problem you need to go to school you need to study you need to do this you need to... but for example um crocheting <laughs> it's an old people thing people say but now if it is that you want to teach crochet they ask you do you have a certificate to teach people how to crochet if you learned to crochet from your grandmother your mother and it was something in your family that you learned and you, over the years you you got very skilled at it what examination do you take to say that you are a certified person makes no sense but Everybody, well, yeah. wants, everybody wants to see a piece of paper. Yeah, I'll leave that. that <laughs> argue, I'll leave that argument there yeah. because I, I've I've been there where I was. Um, so there are some creative um, jobs and businesses that doesn't really need to have needs to have the more the skill set rather than having a piece of paper saying that you could do the skill. I I think <laughs> I think honestly um certification in theory is not a bad idea and there's nothing wrong with requiring that but the problem is who is the person who certifies and I think in all cases any kind of certification should come from people in the industry and not like some government institution or like one random person yeah. should decide okay. to do it it should be like collective effort so if mm. you tell me uh, using crochet as an example you tell me that certificate they requires from a group of local crochet people came together and designed yeah. a, a course program yeah. no problem but don't tell me you just look at something 
in the US or in yeah. America, um, London or something yeah, and, and decide, decide. To oh, they have, on Yeah, they have a certificate, so we need to have a certificate. Yeah. No. And so moving along, I think, um, we've covered a... I think that that's the gist of it. Yeah, well, yeah, because we we covered the not investing in creative arts, so. Well, yeah, that yeah, that kind of falls into the. I I I don't know what's like in Jamaica, but I would also debate that a little bit too because we do invest. There's a lot of investment actually in the arts in Trinidad, but and then now I find that I'm like you know seeing more and more creative like again Facebook there. A few comedians and they're doing right. skits and yeah. stuff, which is very entertaining. It it, it is it's it may it's look new. it's new and it's funny and it's not an American thing. It's a local thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm seeing it. I think they're like three people popular on there's, Facebook. There's a couple. I mean, some yeah. of them are like you know, but they're upkeeping it. Moon, yeah, but, but yeah. they're upkeeping it. And that's refreshing to see these videos rather than see the foreign. Yeah. And yeah. now we need to do some show some more um and no, highlight. And, and your approach to local um entertainment that doesn't involve like the comedy tents and whatnot. Like literally people will share videos made by um you know, yeah. local celebrities and whatnot. And well yeah, these celebrities, but I think they should do some more pieces on um, humanity, the different, the same thing you see they do outside, you could kind of focus on social issues that are going on in Trinidad and highlight the good, the bad, the ugly, not just everything, the bad, the bad, the bad. Try and highlight the good we do in Trinidad. They are good people in Yeah, Trinidad. I, I think um, they try and um, the sunny bling and, okay, let me go I, even I try. I, I, but I, haven't, I have not yet to date to see much pieces on the good there so there are two shows uh-huh. that are kind of i am assuming doing that um one is um i think the guy is sonny Blaine. i think the other guy is, is blaze from jason and, and blaze. okay but unfortunately mm-hmm. that is being done through the local media so i think one might be tv6 and one oh, might be okay. cn3 or they might be both on the same channel Rather than they doing it, you know, completely online and whatnot. Yeah. Which, you know, I could understand probably to, you know, it's probably expensive to do that so they mm-hmm. utilize the studio. It would be really nice if we had more um, entertainment yeah. production. And, and I think there's online. one that they do that have the, they ask kids questions and they ask you, like, how to spell a specific word. And you realize <laughs> it's funny that people, how people think. And they do like different seasons. That's interesting. And these are the things we need to highlight some more. And believe it or not, that's the end of the first episode of the Out of the Red podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-host, Natalie O'Brien, for joining me for this very interesting conversation. Um, you can look out for Out of the Red. Um, we'll have a Facebook page up soon, but we're looking to get these recordings anywhere possible, basically. So, uh, before we head out, I'll just like to plug NOB IT Solutions. Um, check them out for all your web development services. And also, quenktechnologies.com, where if you need applications engineered, that's the place to go. So, thank you for joining us, and I'll see you on the next podcast.